Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks since I've put any content out. Just been been tied up with some other things. But so much going on in the world of Hawkeye sports. I'm going to talk mostly men's basketball today. I'm going to talk a little bit about football too with some news uh, cropping up there. Um, but before I get to that, I just want to mention, I mean, Caitlin Clark, everybody's talking about her again. 28 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds, a triple-double against the number two team in the nation, Ohio State, on the road. Just an incredible effort. And I don't think she gets enough credit. You know, Everybody talks about her shots. They're, they're amazing shots uh, from the logo around half-court, just past the half-court line. But her number of assists and the way she involves her teammates, uh, she is one heck of a point guard and, and one of the best to ever do it in the Hawkeye women's uniform. And it, it's amazing... The, the unbelievable players they've had of late. And then you see the dominating players that the Hawkeyes men have had with Luca Garza and, and the Murrays. Just a lot of fun right now to be a Hawkeye fan. And then Spencer Lee, I need to do a shout out with him. He had six straight uh, pins. You know, unbelievable, just dominating performance. One of them was over Liam Cronin of Nebraska, 38 seconds. And I believe he's won 48 straight matches now. He is the GOAT. I, he had both knees reconstructed reconstructed last season, and uh, I don't know if I've ever had more fun watching a wrestler than Spencer Lee. Well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of football. And the Hawkeyes landed another transfer portal target, an offensive lineman. And we all know that offensive line is, is one of the big things that the Hawkeyes need to work on going into next season. And first, they had the, the big tackle they got from Inkster, Michigan. Dejon Parker transferred from Saginaw Valley State. He had previously committed to Virginia before committing to the Hawks. I think he, he is going to be one of the tackles next year, unless something really strange happens and, and somebody beats him out somehow. But I don't see that happening. And now the Hawkeyes got Miami of Ohio transfer Rusty Feth. He's an interior lineman. He's played some guard and center as well. Uh, 6'5", 305 pounds. He played for two years under Hawkeye offensive line coach George Barnett, so they're familiar with each other. He was second team All-Mac last season. I think he's played in something like 35 games or something like that. So a lot of experience. He had offers from teams like Virginia, uh, West Virginia, Purdue, and others. So good pickup for the Hawkeyes. Um, you know, really... Brings up that question, though, who are going to be the starters on that offensive line next year? Like I said, I think Parker will take over a tackle spot. Feth, I don't know if he'll be guard or center. Kind of depends on how things shake out there and, and who's progressing well. Uh, Mason Richmond, I believe, will be at the other tackle. And then just a group of guys competing for the other two interior spots. So that really should help upgrade the offensive line in 2023 for the Hawkeyes. I also received a commitment from a walk-on wide receiver. I think his name was Austin Kutcher. Not Ashton Kutcher. I believe it was Austin Kutcher. You can't make that up. Uh, but he was a really dominant Ohio high school receiver. I don't think he got much playing time as a Buckeye. I'm not sure if he even caught a pass as a Buckeye. But the Hawkeyes will take some bodies and experience at this point at the wide receiver position you know, coming in as a walk-on, not taking up a scholarship. So that was good to see. And I don't know if I mentioned this previously, but Deacon Hill from Wisconsin is transferring to the Hawkeyes as quarterback as well. The Hawkeyes needed some bodies in the quarterback room for spring practice. So 
that was really big to get him. And then just recently, the Hawkeyes added walk-on quarterback Tommy Paholski to the roster for 2023. Um, you know, sadly, his father passed away close to a year and a half ago. Uh, his dad, Tom Paholski, played quarterback for the Hawkeyes in the 80s. And Tommy is not the biggest kid. Uh, I guess they're listing him now at 6'2", so I think he has grown some recently. He's a pro-style quarterback, some decent pocket mobility, and again, just really good to add some depth to that quarterback room. His stats are out of this world. Uh, his quarterback just talks glowingly of him, and, and really good to have a legacy recruit commit to the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes also landed a gray shirt tight end for next season. So a second tight end to that class. Gray shirt means he'll be on scholarship after the first semester next year. It's Grant Leeper from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's a basketball player at 6'7", about 215, 220 pounds. He played football last season for the first time, uh, and he impressed so much that he's had offers from Indiana, Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, and others, and he is going to be a Hawkeye. He thinks it's his best way to uh, get into the NFL, going to tight end U. So that was good to see. And finally, a 2024 lineman also made a jump to the Hawkeyes. Josh Janowski is going to be in that 24 class. 6'2", 270 pounds, maybe 6'3", 270. Interior lineman from Illinois. Uh, he's got some tape showing a nasty side, and that's just what the Hawkeyes need on that offensive line. Let's switch gears and talk some basketball now. The Hawkeyes picked up just a huge W on Sunday over Rutgers at home. And I say huge because the Hawkeyes run a two-game losing streak. And the Hawkeyes needed a W to get off that road losing skid. It was a bit frustrating. You know, the Hawkeyes were on a roll after beating Michigan and Maryland. And then the Northwestern game was canceled due to COVID on the Northwestern team. The Hawkeyes went a week without playing a game. Ended up traveling to Ohio State and just looked so flat in that game. They had no spark on defense, none on offense. Defense was the most disappointing thing, though, giving up 27 points to the sensational freshman Bryce Sensabaugh for the Buckeyes. He shot 10 of 12 in that game. And, you know, the Hawkeyes made Ohio State look like the Lakers in the Magic Johnson era. Ohio State shot 56% from the field, 50% from three. Just unacceptable uh, defense there. They out-rebounded the Hawkeyes 36-29. Not going to win many games that way. And the Hawkeyes had 14 turnovers, which has been a problem this year. Guard plays has been a little bit sloppier. The Hawkeyes aren't protecting the ball as well as Fran's teams typically do. Next up, the Hawkeyes played Michigan State. Not an easy place to play, obviously. But the Spartans aren't a great team this year, and the Hawkeyes had their chances. They just couldn't pull it out. Lost 63-61. to Peyton Sanford had a couple of three-point attempts to win the game. Missed them both, and overall the Hawkeyes shot just 18% from three, three of 17. And, you know, the at inconsistency shooting the basketball from three especially, but also from two. I mean, overall the Hawkeyes, they can beat anybody and they can shoot lights out. In some games they just really struggle filling it up. And if the Hawkeyes hit five of those 17 threes, they, they probably beat Michigan State pretty easily. But they, they just didn't have it in that game. And the Spartans shot eight of 20 from three, way better than they shot from, from two-point range. So pretty nice job of rebounding in that game for the Hawkeyes. They had one more overall. And the Spartans did kind of take advantage of more offensive boards and got some points there. 
And the Hawkeyes, again, turned the ball over 13 in this game. It was kind of a slog of a game. I mean, Michigan State, their players hold, they get physical, and, and the Hawkeyes just seem to not get calls, especially when they're on the road. Hawkeyes could have won this game, uh, shot 6 of 13 from the free throw line. So they had so many different chances and, and just really struggled. And, you know, go back to that Ohio State game as well. The physicality is just amazing. I mean, Ohio State were grabbing our guys. They were bodying our guys up so much. So many non-calls with the physicality in the Big Ten. And I get frustrated with it. Iowa's just not that kind of team. Iowa wants to run and gun. And, you know, Robracci will bang with guys down below uh, underneath the hoop. But it's just hard to watch that physical play that the Big Ten refs seem to allow. And it always hurts teams when they get to the, the NCAA tournament where the, the refs aren't going to stand for that. But that gets us on to Sunday and the Hawkeyes' three-game homestand with the Northwestern makeup game now being sandwiched between the Sunday Rutgers meeting and the Illini coming to town next weekend. And, you know, what a two-game sweep over Rutgers for the Hawkeyes this year. The most amazing thing is Rutgers gives up 57 points per game, fourth in the nation, the Hawkeyes both time just ran their offensive will against Rutgers. Teams are baffled by Rutgers D and, and really struggle playing them, but the Hawkeyes have them figured out, I guess, and, and Rutgers just can't seem to stop the Iowa offense. The Hawkeyes won 93 to 82 after hanging 76 on Rutgers at Jersey Mike's Arena earlier in the year. Um, you know, the Hawkeyes did miss a lot of bunnies in this game, too. They had a lot of shots in the lane that, that didn't fall. Only shot 43% from the field, despite scoring so many points. But the Hawkeyes were hot from three-point land in this game, shooting 50% at 12 of 24. Free throws were big. Iowa 29 of 34. Rutgers shot just 14 total free throws in the game. Rutgers did out-rebound the Hawkeyes and, and 12 turnovers for Iowa. But that's getting a little bit better and, and closer to that 10 or under that Fran seems to like. And 18 turnovers for Rutgers, so a nice job uh, disrupting that Rutgers team offensively. Well, Chris Murray was just fantastic in that game. He had 24 points, and I really like the three blocks and two steals he got. Those stats just really impact the game. Uh, Rebracha fouled out. He wasn't as much of a factor as he has been, but continues to work hard out there. We need him banging underneath the hoop. Tony Perkins is still struggling with consistency, hitting those jumpers in the lane. He struggled with just two of nine shooting, seven rebounds. He's a competitor. He gets at it defensively. Uh, he had his only three attempts, so a lot of positives with Tony Perkins on the court. And wow, Aaron Eulis is really stepping up offensively. I didn't know he had it in him, uh, you know, as far as what he's done over the last several games. He had 16 points on 5 of 9 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3. He is really becoming a scoring threat, and that bodes well for the Hawkeyes with 10 more games left in this Big Ten season. And, you know, I do want to talk about some of the players, you know, and what they've done at this point in the season, and I'll touch on Connor McCaffrey then. I do think he's just having a great season uh, this year for the Hawkeyes. And then I want to mention Josh Dix. You know, he's getting some solid minutes at the point guard position. Um, really doing a good job knocking down threes. And most importantly in this game, Patrick McCaffrey was back. He was 3 of 3 from long range. Scored 9 points in 13 minutes. 
it was just so great to see him back out there. Looked like he was having a lot of fun and impacting the game in a positive way. He had a couple assists, a steal. Uh, he's been battling anxiety um, and, and on that leave of absence. So really, really good to see him back there on the court and, and look like he's having a lot of fun out there. Well, I don't know what this sound is going to be like for the rest of today, but uh, my, my system officially has shot craps here, as they say. So I'm going to be doing some shopping over the next week to see if I can come up with something a little bit better uh, to help me get these podcasts done. But I just had a couple things I wanted to talk about. It's halfway through the Big Ten uh, conference season for the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes are 13-8, and 5-5 and five overall. Wanted to look at some of the players and their performances thus far during the season. Chris Murray, of course, he missed four games due to injury, but he's the Ironman out there averaging 34 minutes per game, leading scorer and rebounder at, at 21 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game. He just fills up the stat sheet and 36% almost three-point shooter, 50.6% uh, field goal overall shooter, uh, you know, just a really efficient player. He's going to be a first-team all-Big Ten, All-American player. Uh, he's going to be drafted in the NBA following in his brother's footsteps next year. And you know, just the amazing progression. His brother did the same thing in, in just a couple of years, but what he's done in his three years as a Hawkeye, just really incredible. Philip Rebracha is the second-leading scorer at 13.7 points per game, 8.4 rebounds. So they're both rebounding about the same eight and a half per game. And I, I wanted, uh, as the season was starting, I, I hoped for 10 points, eight rebounds out of Phillip this year. So he's exceeded my expectations. He just is a hard worker in there. Um, he's averaging 31 minutes per game. He's banging guys that are you know, underneath the hoop with guys that are taller than him, guys that are wider than him a lot of times. And he's put on some muscle. He really hustles out there. He's a passionate player. He's a great Hawkeye. So really enjoy what Philip Rebracha brings to this team. You know, they don't really have a, a true center on this team. Or a couple guys off the, off the bench maybe. But gundelay has been injured. Mulvey just plays here and there. And so, you know, he's, he's expected to, to do a lot of things inside. Patrick McCaffrey's third on the team in scoring 12.5 points per game. Of course, he's missed some time with his his anxiety issues. Good to see him back out there, averaging about four and a half rebounds per game, shooting 36% from three, 81% uh, free throw shooter. And it's good news for the Hawkeyes to have him back out there for the, the second half of this season, and hopefully he'll do well. Tony Perkins averaging just over 10 points per game, almost four rebounds, almost three assists. Just inconsistency when it comes to Tony. You know, he, he struggled from three. He's only shooting 30% from three, 40% uh, overall field goals. So Tony is, you know, he has flashes of, of greatness, and, and he struggled a bit. I mentioned, you know, in the paint, his scoring in the paint, and it seems like he's just trying to guide the ball a little bit sometimes. He's just not doing his normal um, follow-through and shot inside the lane, but... He'll get that figured out, and, and I love the way he, he hustles out there and, and plays defense. Peyton Sanford, he's averaging just under 10 points per game, over four rebounds per game in, in just 20 minutes, and, and that's been one of the 
things I've been ple- pleasantly surprised with Peyton, the way he rebounds the ball. Again, he's been a guy that's been just inconsistent. 39% field goal shooting, uh, almost 90% from the line. Just a great shooter. And only shooting 29% from three. And, you know, he's had some games where he just hasn't been able to knock down a three. And then he's had games when he's he's won games for the Hawkeyes with his three-point shooting. And, and we're going to see him win some more games in the second half of this Big Ten season. Connor McCaffrey can't say enough about him. He's averaging almost 29 minutes per game, averaging 7.7 points, uh, 3.6 rebounds, 3 assists. He just does everything. But this is his best season um, as a Hawkeye, shooting 44% from the field, 94% from the free throw line, 37% from three. He's the second best three-point shooter on the team. And he's brought other things to his game. You know, he was such a bad, he struggled so much shooting from three, you know, the last couple of years uh, until last year, the second half of the season when he got hot and and he was doing really good. And then this year he's, he's been consistent. He's been a good three-point shooter, but he's also occasionally driving to the bucket and scoring. He's, he's doing some other things offensively out there. That's been fun to watch. Then Aaron Euless, you know, he's averaging almost 24 minutes per game now, seven points per game, two rebounds, 2.6 assists. The big thing about Aaron Euless is he has elevated his game offensively. He's getting to the getting to the basket. He's driving, uh, getting to the rim, and finishing. And he's also making threes now. He was shooting threes so poorly early in the year. He's now up to almost 33% on the season. And he's had some huge games of late. And and that, again, is just something I'm looking forward to in the last 10 games of this Big Ten season with him coming on. It's huge. DeSante Bowen, just a couple more guys I'm going to talk about. DeSante Bowen, 11 minutes per game, averaging almost four points. And shooting 46% from the field, uh, 36% from three. So doing a good job there. Uh, biggest knock on him right now, you know, again, he's a true freshman. I... I think he has a huge upside. I think he's going to be a great player for the Hawkeyes. He's just turning the ball over a little bit too much right now, averaging 1.2 turnovers per game in just 11 minutes. So I think that's that's been keeping him on the bench a little bit more um, than he would like. And and Josh Dix, who's now averaging about the same minutes per game as Bowen, but he's playing more and more minutes of late. He's playing a lot of point guard. He's averaging just under uh, three points per game. And he's only averaging 0.3 turnovers per game, whereas uh, Bowen, I mentioned, 1.2 turnovers per game. So that's the big difference right there. And Josh Dix can just fill it up from three. He's shooting 46% from three. He's leading the team. I love his shot. I love his form, his follow-through, his confidence right now. When he's getting the ball and he's open, he's just stepping towards the rim and knocking him down. So that's been a lot of fun to watch. A lot of guys on the rise, and uh, a lot of guys that have been inconsistent. If they can shore things up a little bit, this Hawkeyes team could do a lot of damage coming up. And again, Tuesday night, it's Northwestern. uh, Then the Illini on Saturday before a road trip to West Lafayette next week to face the top-ranked Purdue Boilermakers. And let's face it, that is not a place the Hawkeyes have had much luck in recent years. The only win I can remember at Purdue in the last maybe decade or so, 
Uh, I was in a fancy bowling alley in, in L.A. when I was in town for the Rose Bowl. We were getting ready to go to a Clippers game that night. And the Hawkeyes got down by close to 20. I think it was 17 or 19 point deficit before storming back to win. Jared Utoff, I think had like 25 points in that game. Um, so that was a big win, but there ha- those have been few and far between at West Lafayette. So the Hawkeyes need to get these home wins. You know, they, they need to get a couple of wins on the road as well to re- feel really comfortable about the NCAA tournament. And then I'd like to see him get a couple wins in the Big Ten tournament just to, to get that seeding up as well. But I'm getting way ahead of things with that right now. Uh, first things first, get a W against the Northwestern Wildcats, a game that was postponed uh, not too long ago. And, and they're still going to honor Chris, you know, the late Chris Street in this game. And I believe it is the 30-year anniversary of the Hawkeyes' big win over Michigan that came. It was the first home game after Chris Street's passing. Um, the Hawkeyes took it to the Fab Five in that game. It was they played that recently on the Big Ten Network. Just amazing to watch. And it'll be an emotional night. And hopefully there'll be a good crowd there. Northwestern's in second place right now, but you know it's a bit of a log jam after Purdue. And the Hawkeyes need to defend that home court, get a couple more W's this week. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for joining me. And I'll get this audio figured out. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. And go Hawks!